Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Before we get started, I am very excited to announce that Graphisoft is now an official partner of Entree Architect and the Entree Architect community. I've been meeting with the Graphisoft team for months preparing for this partnership, and I can, I can confidently say that our friends at Graphisoft are fully committed to supporting our architecture firms and our transition to ARCHICAD and BIM. ARCHICAD BIM software enables design, collaboration, visualization, and project delivery, no matter the project size or complexity. With flexible licensing options and a dedicated support team to guide us along the way, ARCHICAD is an ideal choice for firms and projects of any size. And that's why I am personally committed to finally making the move to BIM myself, from CAD to ARCHICAD. And I'll share more about that as I progress. I'll, I'll keep you updated. So regardless of which design software you're using today, I encourage you to reach out and talk to the team at Graphisoft by visiting our own dedicated webpage at graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. There's even an exclusive special offer waiting for our community of architects. So go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. That's graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect. Now, let's get on with the show. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you 
build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Melanie Towie, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Whether it be in business or in life, Melanie believes in fixing the root cause at the deepest level, not treating the symptoms. As a trusted leader and consulting resource within the architecture and construction space, Melanie helps industry professionals grow in themselves and in their careers, as well as strategically helping entrepreneurs and business leaders at a deeper level overcome foundational challenges hindering them from results. As a professional EOS implementer and a business coach, Melanie acts as a teacher, a coach, and a facilitator, helping business leaders transform their companies and ultimately their lives. She helps implement a complete proven system with simple, practical tools to help business leaders achieve three things, vision, traction, and health. And so we're going to have a good conversation today about business, about finding some traction in your business as an architect, and I'm looking forward to it. Melanie Towie, thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. You do that better than me. I got to hire you to start doing all my answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, it's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure. It's, I always enjoy um, discussing traction and in front of the architectural community, the passion of mine. So it's always, uh, it's always exciting. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the book traction. We're going to talk a little bit about specifics within the book. Um, Melanie is a, as a professional EOS implementer, Entrepreneur Operating System is EOS. Um, and so if you haven't read the book, Traction, you should do that. Uh, it's an excellent book, and, and we'll have links to the to the book, Traction, in the show notes. Uh, before we jump into having a conversation about business, which is going to be an easy one for you and me, uh, because <laughs> we love what we're talking about here. Um, but I want to learn more about you. I want to learn more about how you got to where you are today. When did you discover your passion for what you do and and who or what inspired you to get started? Sure, loaded question. <laughs> not, a, <laughs> not, not a straight line like everybody's story, right? So I actually got started in the construction, building materials, design industry about 12 years ago. I'm originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I uh, started on the marketing side, um, really enjoyed that. And then by default, um, I ended up kind of jumping into construction management. Um, I knew nothing about construction. Uh, I was with Cambria countertops at the time and they were still um, pretty small. So everyone was wearing multiple hats. So all 24, 25 year old Mel raised her hand and I jumped onto the construction <laughs> site. So I learned a lot. I did that for about four or five years with them and traveled all over the country um, building out their freestanding galleries. So that really put me in an operational role um, I've always had a passion for leading and figuring out things. Give me the A um, and the Z and I'll figure out how to get there. And um, they were really supportive in letting me do that. Uh, through that, I ended up out in San Francisco and uh, ended up in the LA area after I was recruited for my sales leadership seat. So I really kind of got that diverse um, roles and, and I did a deep dive into sales marketing and operations, which was kind of unique. Uh, by the time I got to sales, I had sat at both sides of the table, um, whether that be calling on them or hiring them when I was on the construction side. So I think that was always my passion. 
after that, it was really, um, I think anybody I've worked for will say I'm not cut out for corporate. Uh, and it's a positive thing. I have the entrepreneurial spirit. I've only worked for privately held companies, um, all of them family owned. I've seen really, really quick growth, um, fast growth, and seen a lot of the challenges um, and the successes that came with that. And so for me, my personality is I like to push and prod and ask questions. I'm very curious. Um, so really, that really played into, okay, I know what I like. I've been on the road for nine years, nonstop, um, crazy amount of travel. And when the pandemic hit, it was one of those, like everybody else, that I kind of pulled myself down to planet Earth and said, what am I going to do? I can't keep doing this. Uh, at that time, I had gone back to Minneapolis and somebody handed me the book Traction in my inner circle. And I said, no, thanks. I don't want to be a consultant. Um, and I ended up picking it up and reading it, and it blew my mind um, because it's so simple. And I think that's what I was always looking for in my corporate seat is we're making this too hard. Um, we're running into each other. You know, who's on first? Who's on second, right? And so I think it's a lot of those challenges that business leaders, whether you're two people or 2,000 people, you're going to experience it. And traction for me was that missing piece that I could go. I didn't have to be the consultant. Um, I don't want to be the smartest one in the room. My job is to come in and really with a passion help business leaders, owners, entrepreneurs get more from what they want out of the business, right? And so some days I'm a coach, some days I'm a therapist, some days I'm a <laughs> mediator, right? It just depends. Um, but really I'm in that room to help. How do we get you to that next level? Um, sometimes that's personally, sometimes that's professionally. So really the pieces kind of fell into place and by default, here I am. <laughs> So how do you go from reading the book, Traction, by Gino Wickman is the author, by the way, yes. um, if you're looking for it. And again, we'll have links to that in the show notes, um, to becoming a professional EOS implementer. EOS is Entrepreneur Operating System. That, that's what the book is about, essentially. Um, so so how, do you, how do you become a professional implementer? Um, so EOS is, we had just moved to the franchise model. Um, I actually had met one of the coaches in Denver. Um, that's where I'm located now. And so I think that was about 20, early 2020. And I really just started to poke around and what, what would it look like? What could it look like? Who was the right fit for it? Um, EOS does a very nice job of thoroughly making sure that their implementers in the community have the right background, um, have the right ability to coach. I think that was something that was missing. There was a lot of people trying to read the book and go out and do this for a living. And while there's a lot of great information, now doing what I do every day, there is a process that when followed to a T pulls all those pieces together. And the more in depth I got into that, I just realized how grateful I am that Again, they do a lot of checks and balances and make sure that the community is full of people with the right experience. So most of the U.S. implementers in our community, they've run their own businesses. They've sat in corporate leadership seats. Um, they have big networks of people that they want to support and help, right? This job is not for the uh, faint of heart, right? I always say that. It's, it's not an easy job. Um, we're trying to simplify things. Simplifying is not easy, right? It can be challenging. Unwinding what we've created in business um, and I think the the U.S. implementer community does a does a fantastic job of making sure they're they're helping pick the right people um, to go out and support that that mission. Yeah, and I love that you have the background that you have that you come from the construction, architecture, design industry. So not only do you understand our industry, you understand the people within our industry, specifically architects 
who we're talking to today, primarily small firm architects, who are all entrepreneurs, all trying to figure out how to run their businesses, right? Architects have never been taught in school how to run businesses, so we're, we're, we need to figure that out some other way, um, which is why a lot of us are listening right now. Um, can you sort of give us a brief, um, a brief outline of the book, sort of what is the EOS, what does that mean? Uh, so people can understand what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's simple. When you read the book, you're going to go, I don't understand. Um, what am I missing? Right. I get that a lot of people and that's the right reaction. Uh, Gino set out to create EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. He uses a lot of resources in the business world. You'll see a lot of um, big names mentioned and Gino was all about simplifying things and getting clarity in what you were doing in business. And so the EOS model is really about your business at the center. And the whole philosophy comes from that, you know, as a business leader, we only wrestle with what, 136 issues every single day, right? <laughs> and there are six components of the EOS model. And to the extent that we can help strengthen those six key components, all 136 of those issues actually go away because they're symptoms of a bigger problem at the core. So the model is all about how do you get to the root in the fastest and most efficient way that's going to knock out your problem so when i get a call from a ceo this is no we have a sales problem i can't work with them if they don't understand that's not their problem that's not your issue right now it is that is a symptom of something that's at a deeper level we need to understand um, and we need to to help fix and support so the six key components that we look at is vision people data we look at your issues we look at your processes and then we look at traction that's all about execution and accountability right so when i work with clients i tell them this is about three things you mentioned in my intro is vision you got to get everybody aligned 100 percent on the same page rowing in the right direction i've yet to walk in a room where every single leader thinks and knows they're on the same page um it's a very fun exercise if you ever want to do it bring your leadership team into it i don't care for three people two people uh, write down where are we going you're going to get a lot of different answers and so it starts kind of that process of the strategic side of how do we get everybody aligned from there the number one issue that i get is even if you have a good vision is you don't you're not executing on it you're not holding people accountable you're not holding yourself accountable so that second pillar is really about traction and how do we bring that vision down to the ground execute on it and make it real day in and day out now, the third one encompasses everything. This is about health. So we've all heard the expression, the fish stinks from the head, right? So that is very, very true. Um, EOS is really meant to get your leadership team into that cohesive, functional, able to communicate, doing a lot of, again, this is where the therapist in me comes in. We got to put all the issues on the table. We can't run away from them. We can't sweep them under the rug. Um, some of the most brilliant business people, look, we don't like conflict. So we kind of shy away from it. And so we make sure that just nailing down that healthy leadership team um, is something that's important in the process. So with those three things and strengthening those six key components, it ends up being a framework of a simple set of practical tools that's going to help you strengthen those components and get your business to that next level. Yeah. It's such a great system and it's such a simple system, which is why I love it. Um, what I was hoping that we could talk about today, right? Because everybody's going to buy the book. Everybody can also go to your website, buy Melanie, and, uh, .com. uh, and is a N N E, uh, by Melanie com. We'll have a link to that, to the show notes as well. And you can learn more about EOS and, and the services that, 
that Melanie offers there. But but what I was hoping that we can talk about is is teams, right? We we are uh, and growing, right? That we are small firms. Throughout the pandemic, we have exploded in opportunities, right? Everybody is very very busy. Um, the biggest problem I hear is about how can I find the right people? How do I get the right people in the right seats? Um, and it's and it's been a problem. That's that is uh, the number one problem I hear from small firm architects right now. Is I'm growing, I'm overwhelmed, I have too much work coming in, I can't get it done, so I'm hiring people, and then I find out these people aren't the right people that I need to be hiring. So can we talk about that a little bit? Because I know that EOS specifically talks about that. Um, what is your thought on that? What are some of the steps that that architects should be taking uh, in order to get the right people in the right seats? Sure. No, I love it. It's um, it's probably the number one next to accountability, right? It's you can have a great vision. Who's executing on it, right? So it kind of makes that triangle of it goes right back to your people. So we talk in terms, you have the terminology, right? Right people, right seats. You have to have both. And I see this a lot of my clients, right? I specifically work in the industry. Um, and I see over the last two years, look, we went through a lot of growth, right? Where a lot of industries kind of tapered off and, and took, a, took a dive. Um, I think we went into, hey, we've got to react to everything going on. So a lot of people made big hiring moves. Um, they didn't necessarily think them all the way through. Uh, if that's you listening to this, that is not just you. And that is across the board. And I think that now is the time that we need to take and help everybody kind of, can we take a pause and really look what does right people, right seats look like? So EOS in that people component, we use two tools. One is called the accountability chart. And one is the people analyzer. So when you when you really have that sweet spot of right people, right seats, is right people is how do they fit your culture? In a day that the culture has never been more important, it's it's crucial for you as a business leader to understand who are you, not who do you aspire to be, right? Because we're not going to fake that. We're going to get to the core of who are you as a business leader. That's going to help attract the right people. So that's first and foremost is you want it to be a cultural fit. So there's tools within the EOS toolbox that we use to make sure that you're aligned on your values, that you know who you are, so you can attract those right people, keep them, um, and make sure that you're in line. The second part of that is right seat. Now, this is what trips most people up in EOS. This is about accountability, and when we speak in terms of EOS, we speak in terms of structure first, people second. So many business leaders, because we're reacting, because you're wearing 10 hats, and you need to make a hiring decision based off of a problem that came up today is we're not looking at the bigger picture of where do we need to be in six to 12 months as far as structure. So the exercise I tell people is imagine that you've got to raise yourself above the business, get out of the business. You're going to start working on the business. You're the board of directors. And for all intents and purposes, you and everybody is fired. If you have eight head counts and I sat in a room with you and said, how would you build this business with these eight heads moving forward, looking at a six to 12 month um, projection? It's a very different exercise. People struggle with, well, we already have this person, right? And I'm in a room going, no, 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 you don't have this person. No one works here today, right? So the accountability chart really speaks in terms of who's accountable for what. So we build the structure. We build five roles and responsibilities within that structure to create the right seats for the organization. We do not talk in terms of title. 
I tell people all the time, when I make an introduction, don't tell me your title. All it does is tell me who makes the most money in the room, right? It's an ego thing. We got to check it at the door. I want to know what the function of your role is. So when that accountability chart is built out, now we can go back and step back and go, okay, now do we have people that can fit into these seats? Now you're going to have two challenges with this. I, there's two big people issues. And those of you listening, you probably have one or both of them or have experienced it. You're going to have the right person in the wrong seat, which means they fit your culture like a glove. They're great. You can go out and have a beer with them, right? They're fun. Um, but you can't find a seat for them. And in this exercise, we don't build seats for people. How many of us, myself included, have put some, have built a box around somebody because they didn't want to lose them? And as much as we think that that's the right move, we got to stop doing that. So this is, again, checking yourself as a business leader of are you making the right moves for the business? And if you are a for-profit business, you cannot afford to make that move. So I'm going to beg with you, plead with you to make that change. The second one is probably arguably harder. This is you have the wrong person in the right seat. These are typically your sales, A players, right? Whatever you want to call them, they're killing it, but they're crushing your culture and you're losing people out the back door. And so you've got to make that change. And so with those two people issues on the board, it's again, our responsibility to back up and go, okay, structure first, people second. This comes down to accountability and what's a good fit for our culture. When you get very clear on that, beautiful things happen in the people category. <laughs> Yeah, everything starts to, to work the way it should. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them with features like the digital bills and a receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running, and the award-winning FreshBooks support team they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. No credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by rcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, but there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders, and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting, and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered, and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside 
aka CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by ArtCat. Listen and subscribe right now at ArtCat.com slash podcast. That's ArtCat.com slash podcast. A-R-C-A-T dot com slash podcast. Detailed, every building has a story. This episode is brought to you by the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting, the business conference for small firm entrepreneur architects. Learn more at smallfirmconference.com. If you could build a business conference for small firm entrepreneur architects, what would it be? Since I launched Entree Architect back in 2012, I've been listening. I've been watching what members want and learning what we need. And in November, we will gather in Austin, Texas to connect, to celebrate, to honor, and to learn. The Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting was inspired, designed, and launched for you. We invited top speakers to share fast-paced, get-to-the-point, TED Talk-like presentations that will provide you with the information that you need so that you can build the firm that you want. On day one of the conference, following a lineup of fantastic speakers, we'll discover the connection between mental health and our financial wealth with licensed clinical professional counselor, Joyce Martyr. And then we'll be honoring three architect members of the community at the inaugural Entree Architect Honor Awards. On day two, we'll hear from more great speakers, then dive deep into the successful future of our firms with Brian McCartney of ArcMark at a 90-minute strategic planning program. We'll have some fun building models with Kenya and Matt Forget of Sticks and Bricks, and we'll learn from an icon, Gene Cohn, founder of KPF, at the day two keynote. We planned this event to start with an evening reception on Tuesday, November 1st, and end on Thursday afternoon on November 3rd so that you'll have time to connect with friends post-event to discover the city of Austin and its amazing architectural sites on Friday and into the weekend. We've been approved by the AIA for 12.75 CEUs and everyone will leave with a cool bag of swag. Whether you're a member of the Entree Architect Community Facebook group, a member of the Entree Architect Academy membership, or a small firm architect practicing anywhere in the world who wants and needs the support and connection of like-minded architects. The Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting Small Firm Business Conference is for you. With generous support from our friends at Monograph, visit smallfirmconference.com now for tickets, and we will see you in Austin this November. That's smallfirmconference.com. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. And so those of you who are listening who have yet to hire, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> those of you who have already hired and have the wrong people in the wrong seats or, or, or you know, and you need to make a change, right? You either need to get, uh, move people around so they're in the right seats um, or you need to make that difficult decision of letting them go, right? They're just not the right people for the, the roles that you have. 
Um, so my question to you, Melanie, is what if you are in that position, right? And you and you have you through the through this. I almost said recession. I want to talk about recession, um, but through the pandemic, um, I've hired a bunch of people, right? Because I thought I needed help, and so those were the people I hired. And now I find they're not the right people, right? They they're they're not uh, in the right seats, or or they're just not the right right person for the seat. Um, and I need to let them go. What is your uh, suggestion as a business coach of how do you do that? How do you do that professionally? How do you do that ethically? How do you do that properly? Sure. Well, my first and foremost reaction is take a deep breath. Um, this is a, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So don't make rash decisions on the spot. Um, it's really easy to get caught up in this. And it's part of the process of, what I do is we identify all these people issues. So when I'm with a client and sitting down as how many do we have? And there's organizations that we have two. There's organizations where we have 49, right? Um, where I would say you have right people, right seat issues. And we have to tackle them one by one. And so looking at what those issues are, if you think there is a problem, one, you can't make a move until you have a plan in place. The accountability chart really helps plan, okay, for the business, six to 12 months out, this is what we need. It really helps you hone in on the roles and responsibilities. I see it too often as we make these quick hires. They're not the right hires. We go off job title. And so if you really take your time peeling back what the business is calling for, it actually starts to create new seats that just don't have names, um, right? We'll call them unicorns, but they exist out there, but it's what your business is dictating. So once we figure that out and we understand what your culture is, you have to take this back to your people. You cannot operate in a silo at the top level, right? And so it is not fair to walk in. If people go through this with me, they cannot leave a session and start firing people. That is not what we're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to create a cohesive communication between everybody in your organization. They know what the expectation is. How many employees out there can say, they know what their actual roles and responsibilities are. Look, architectural firms, they're some of the most, you guys wear so many hats, right? And the job is so specific sometimes that it's really hard. It's like, well, I have to do this and this and this and this. There are ways that we can help sort that out so people have clarity. Once you give them clarity and set expectations, now you can start making moves, but you cannot develop core values and then hold your people to them without telling them, right? You've got to give them a chance to rise to the occasion in both the seat that they're given and the culture that they exist in. And at that point, there's a process that needs to be developed, that the communication's there, and people will work themselves out of your organization very quickly. And if they don't, you have a roadmap to do that and one to follow to backfill to hire in the right way, right? So there's a lot of moving pieces to it, but it's still very simple. It's just, I encourage, take a step back and a yeah. breath before you do anything um, as far as it comes to hiring and firing. Yeah, and it goes back to structure again, right? You had, that's how we started here, structure before people. Absolutely. So even if you go through this process and you're like, oh, I have a bunch of people in the wrong seats, it goes back to structure. Make sure that structure is in place because maybe those seats can be rearranged or those roles can be rearranged. Maybe the person can find the right seat uh, or, or maybe the seat can be adjusted, right? You're not trying to make seats, 
but maybe the person who's in the seat isn't doesn't look like it's the right person but once you give them the 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 structure and they adjust to the structure they may be the right person for that seat absolutely and we teach something called uh, gwc which is another like if you take anything um a couple of these tools one you can find them all for free online use them they're great tools but gwc is something that i tell people put it in the back of your head and constantly we're having people conversations um, it stands for get it wanted and has the capacity to do it. So when we get through the cultural part, I'm asking constantly my clients is, okay, we have this seat. We've built this function. I'm going to read the seat. I'm going to read the roles. And Mark, you're, we want Mark in this seat. So I'm going to ask the room, okay, does Mark get this job? Do you got the God-given talent and ability to get the job done? It's a yes or a no. If it's Mm, it's a no, right? We got to put it on the issues list. Doesn't mean you're losing your job, but we've got to make sure that everyone's aligned. Like, Mark, you get this. The next one's my favorite. This is a miss. Do you want the job? Does Mark want the job? Not do you want him to have the job. Not we didn't know where to put him. Not it was the next greatest promotion. He should just be grateful, right? I've heard all of these comments. You have to go to Mark and ask, do you want this job? Does this energize you? Does this fill you up? And it's amazing. As business leaders and owners, when you go and have that conversation, what you're about to learn when people are honest with you, because you got a lot of people in seats and the reason you're having issues is because they don't actually want the job. So that's the second. And then capacity, apply it, time, capacity, resources, training, right? So many of you, you're going to get a no in this, yourselves included. Do you have the capacity to do the job? No? Okay, that's an issue. We've got to put it on the issues list. So constantly when you're having those conversations of, hey, I think I've got the structure, GWC your people in your head. Teach them that phrase, you know, because if you can get those three things to a resounding yes, that is when you're going to make a huge step forward. You can start to imagine you get every single seat checking three yeses, the stars start to align and things start moving and clicking really fast. Yeah, this is so exciting to hear this and to understand how you can fix some of these these issues, um, especially, you know, with the issues that we've created during the pandemic, being able to fix some of those things um, for the future. And and um, the future potentially could be recession, right? People are starting to talk about that. Um, some people are saying it's coming. Some people say that it's not coming. Um, but we need to be prepared for that, right? And this is this is one of those steps that we should be doing to make sure that we have the strength and the people to ride out a recession. Um, Melanie, do you have some suggestions on the fundamentals, right? The, the, the most basic important things that have to be in place uh, in order to, to weather a recession? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things, but the first thing um, is your strategy. So you gotta get your vision aligned. Um, if you don't know where you're going and you don't have a roadmap, it's like trying to drive across the country and not putting anything in the GPS as a, as a landing spot, right? You're going to be going all over the place. And so you need that strategy and you need that developed in order to go, okay, we can plan for this. This is what we think, right? It, that's easier to adjust the sales than to start building from scratch. You know, I always tell people, don't build the boat during the storm, adjust the sales because you're going to go a lot further. And that's what we're seeing right now is the people that are going to get ahead of this is do it now. Don't wait 
And if vision is what you focus on, the rest can fall into place after that. But you're going to have to have that roadmap in order to tell you where you need to go, some of the decisions and adjustments you need to make. And then, yeah, people are like, well, I, I don't have a magic eight ball. But again, the contingency plans to put on top of a well-laid vision and roadmap is much easier than to try to fly by the seat of your pants. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So get that vision figured out. Make sure that you understand what your vision is. Make sure that the people working with you uh, are in, in alignment with that vision, right? Because if, right. If, you, if you have this vision, this is where we're going, and you have a bunch of people who are trying to get you there who have a different vision or don't understand that's where we're going, you're going to be, you know, spinning around in circles. Um, right. And so, so um, and, and then you can actually go through the rest of the EOS system to, sure. to, to yeah. strengthen your firm and get it, get it ready. Um, but, but I say that often, you know, that's the first thing I say when people come to me and say, well, what do I need to do to build a strong business? No matter what it is, start with vision, start with, with, and I always right. call it a vision narrative, write a story about what your life looks like three years from now. Yeah. If, if everything was perfectly aligned and everything goes the way you want and budget wasn't an issue, what does that life look like? And then work your way back to, this is my vision. This is where I want to go and how I want to get there. And that's the OS. And look for, for the folks on this call, if you know the term visionary, a lot of business owners are visionaries and we make a lot of assumptions that people can read our minds because we live and breathe what we think our vision is every day, right? We wake up to it. We understand it. So we make an assumption that, hey, we've told someone once or twice. Business is like parenting. Once you've told someone seven times, they've heard it for the first time, right? So you have to be repetitive. And I think Har it was Harvard Business Review last year put out a statistic which should terrify everyone who's the business owner of 90% of employees have no idea what part of the vision that they are responsible for in helping get there, right? You got a lot of people. That's a lot of people sitting in jobs going, I wonder, I wonder how I'm making an impact. I wonder where we're going. I wonder, right? There's a lot of wonder. So tighten that up. Make sure that everybody's in alignment. Um, the rest of the process then through how do we hold people accountable and how do we build that now to make that vision become a reality through the execution portion? Um, you can't execute on something that's not planned out, right? So that again comes back to this is a really important piece to have nailed down um, correctly and then communicated to the team. Yeah. And it's, that sounds like that sounds like the answer to the one final question that I ask everybody. But I'm going to ask you the question anyway to see if because if it is that's the answer, then you know then that's the answer. But is there one thing that specifically one thing that a small firm architect can do today right now to build a better business for tomorrow? I would say that's my answer. But on top of that, is I yeah. would say uh, be honest with yourself. There's a lot of people that live in fear. Um, you know deep down what you have to do. Um, sometimes the hardest part is starting, right? And so don't wait is if you're really honest of what you need for the business, but you're too afraid to look at it because it seems overwhelming, jump in, um, baby steps. But again, it's going to yeah. be a far better journey, um, than for waiting for something to happen because the fear of the unknown of, Hey, if I start peeling back the layers and I'm really honest with what's going on, it's going to be too hard. If that's you, I encourage you take the other approach. Um, it may be painful now, but, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain. We've all heard that. Um, that's super important. Melanie Towie is her name. BuyMelanieAnn.com is her website. You can learn all about Melanie there, 
all about EOS and all the services that Melanie provides. You can learn a lot about EOS there. Um, Melanie, thank you for for everything that you do. I appreciate you for for focusing on our community, on architects and contractors and, and building products people and all the people that are in our industry who are trying to build better businesses. And this is a, a great way for us to, to gain some traction. And I appreciate you for being out there and focusing on our community. And, uh, and thank you for sharing your knowledge here today. This has been fascinating at the Entree Architect podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. And uh, always appreciate it. And it's my pleasure to be, a, to be in the industry and to be a partner to so many. And uh, thanks for everybody for all they do as well. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, and share a link to this episode with a friend. That's how Entree Architect has grown to serve thousands more architects just like you. Share a rating, write a review, and share a link to this episode with a friend. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we discussed today are available at the show notes for this episode found at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entree Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network, the network dedicated to architects, engineers, and construction pros. Listen and subscribe to all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And visit smallfirmconference.com for more information about our lineup of speakers, check out the agenda, and purchase your tickets for the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting, the business conference for small firm entrepreneur architects. We do have a few tickets still available, but we're almost sold out. So visit smallfirmconference.com and register today. And before we wrap up, a special thank you to our partners at Graphisoft for helping our community of architects make the transition to BIM with ARCHICAD software. Go now to graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect and see how Graphisoft is positioned to help make your architecture firm a success. Visit graphisoft.com slash US slash Entree Architect to learn more. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entree Architect podcast. My name is Mark Arla Page. Love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris Owners of Level Studio Architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then you know in your head you've rooted like oh i'm connected to these people like long term the process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges demanding meticulous planning flawless execution and unyielding resilience 
I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.